My name is Brian Aldrich, writer blog out of Portsmouth called Seagulls Beverage Lab. Thank you for joining the first SBL Hangout Live number one beta testing right now. We have a panel of, let's see, three, including myself, talking to a head brewer of Blue Lobster Brewing Company. We're to go down the line here. My name is Brian. I'm Seagulls Beverage Lab, and I'm drinking a heady topper from the infamous Alchemist Brewery. Um, I'm Carla. I'm known online as the Beer Babe, at Beer Babe. Um, my website's thebeerbabe.com. Um, out of Portland, Maine, cover all things New England beer. And uh, I'm drinking, actually, a non-New England uh, Green Flash Imperial IPA right now. So, cheers. Nice. Uh, my name is Mike Meredith. Uh, my Twitter call-out is at Mo Meredith. Uh, I'm drinking a Baxter Brewing Company Stowaway IPA, and uh, I am located out of Salem, Massachusetts. Um, my name is Norman Miller. Uh, I go on Twitter by Real Beernut. I write the Beernut blog and news on wakeuplocal.com. And right now, I'm just reading, uh, drinking Worthington's Wet Shield, a British blonde ale. Nice. And uh, Dave? I'm Dave Sikolsky. I brew beer and brew lobster. And right now, I'm out of Michigan. Hey, Dave, can you turn your mic up? Let's see if we can figure this out. <laughs> Is it, maybe it just might be me. No, no it's just my Not just me. Yep. How's that? Any better? A little better, yeah. Better. Gotcha. So go ahead. Say, say introduce yourself one more time. Polsky, I've Blue Lobster, or rather will be once we get off the ground here. We're aiming for September. And drinking the uh, zombie killer from Bean Nectar out of Michigan. Excellent. I think we see uh, Sean from Two Beer Guys. Sean, want to introduce yourself, pal? Sean? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So uh, introduce yourself. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm here with Ryan, and we um, just play Wine Stefan. Sounds like a robot. Yeah, can you hear that? <laughs> we'll get back to you in a second. Yeah. And I see on the far, the far left, we got Adam. Adam, want to go ahead and introduce yourself, pal? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, Adam from Brew England. Uh, um, and I broke out some good stuff. I've got some nugget nectar that I've had. Awesome. That's good. Well, what we're going to do is... Uh, you know, we have the time. We have uh, we have a very special guest in the house tonight, and um, he's uh, he's started up in Hampton, New Hampshire, right down the road from myself. And um, just want to kind of get get to know him. He's going to be uh, you know the, the new kid on the block, and we just want to kind of talk to him, see see what his background is. So, Dave, uh, if you want to give a little bit of your uh, background yourself, you know what uh, you know how'd you get into brewing? You know how how have you uh, have you gotten this far in the in the beer game? Nobody's uh, waiting for the new kid behind the flagpole. So it pretty much just started out homebrewing, like everybody. Uh, way back when, before college, I used to build small turbocharged engines, and a lot of the a lot of the knowledge and theory carries over. It's all just pressurized pipe systems. It's all very similar. I've always had a passion for cooking, so I kind of just took everything, balled it all up into one and started apprenticing anywhere that would help me out and just started lending a hand to any brewery in the area. Uh, I started out helping out White Birch when they were first getting off the ground and then I begged Sean Hill for months and months and months of Hill Farmstead Brewery to let me in and let me help out. 
And after that, I worked there for a little over a year, and then here I am, trying to get something off the ground. Nice. Now, how how did uh, how did Blue Lobster come up? I mean, did you uh, did, was it your idea? Did, did someone else think about it, or? No, actually, uh, I really can't take much of any credit for all that. Uh, what happened was I was uh, still working at Hill Farmstead. I was trying to get my own thing off the ground. I thought maybe it was time. Uh, I started filling out paperwork, and all of a sudden, uh, the owner of Blue Lobster, Michael Benoit, got a hold of me and was like, hey, I've got an opportunity for you. And we started chatting, and everything worked out really well. So I figured, why not? Let's jump in head first. Let's make it happen. Awesome, awesome. And then um, I know a lot of people have been asking you, and I ask you literally every time I see you, when is the opening day? So we are still slated right now for the, the first or second week of September. We should have at least two beers on tap and hopefully one bottle condition beer. Woo! Awesome. Still tentative, but that is what we're aiming for, and that's what we're on par for. Awesome. And, uh, hey, I mean, you've been saying that for probably three months, so that's a good you're – still, you're still on par with that thought, so that's pretty good. Yeah, we were worried that it was going to keep on getting pushed out, but I, I kind of, from the beginning, pushed out a little couple weeks extra just to make sure that we were going to be good to go. And then as things progressed, it just kind of, we needed those weeks. So it worked right. out on time. Nice. And then why don't you tell us a little something about the, um, you have a cool um, tap panel. It's very unique. Do you have a good story behind that? Uh, yeah, we, uh, we have two contractors that work for us, Carl Capiobanca and Seth. And they are both phenomenal guys, like two of the best guys we've had work for us, bar none so far. Like, it's amazing. And we started talking with Seth about what we could do for tap handles, and he said his father and him used to make jewelry. So we asked him what he could do. He told us that he was thinking about a lobster claw, and he gave us the idea. And it sounded a little first. We weren't quite sure how well it was going to play out. And he came back with amazing, amazing craftsmanship. They're all acrylic, nine-pound lobster claws. He boiled the meat out. He made his own uh, little jewelry mold for them. He actually uh, did a little bit of sculpting to get the bottom to kind of flow naturally. Uh, they still have all the divots from where the lobster got in the fight on the claw and everything. <laughs> I mean, he did a fantastic job. I was absolutely floored. That's cool. And, and then you guys have a, a serious amount of merchandise already ready to go. you got some T-shirts I saw on Facebook. Yep, we've got some shirts. We're going to have plenty of merchandise kicking around, uh, but we will also have our uh, 750 and 2-liter growlers and then our occasional bottle condition sales and keg sales. And, and where are you guys located? Uh, so we're on 845 Hampton Road, or Lafayette Road in Hampton. Uh, it's right next to the community oven. They're a nice flatbread pizza place that have been doing a great job. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good little location. We're, we're not in any industrial park or anything. We're actually in here for us. What are the beers you uh, the first beers you plan on brewing? You said you're gonna have two and possibly a bottle condition. Yep. So which one? Which styles? We are a very hop forward brewery. Uh, I think kind of along the lines of Three Floyds or even Hill Farmstead or something of that nature. Where uh, we're gonna have some very heavily hop bursted and heavily dry hop ales coming right out of the gate. Uh, our porters and everything, we like to play with citrus units, and that's kind of a thing that Sean's been pushing up the hill. Uh, but it's been really nice. We've had some really good luck with it, so we'll be pushing out some very rich, very Awesome. A small barrel aging program that we should be starting up before uh, before the end of Thanksgiving, or possibly, hopefully, if I have my druthers. Really? What kind of barrels? Bourbon or wine or 
So we're right now we're looking at two bourbons and two cabernets. Wow, impressive. And do you, do you have a do you have a seller for that, or are you are you kind of just finding space in the in the space you have right now? Yeah, we're just making space wherever we can and wherever we can keep temperature nice and accurate. We are kind of adamant about temperature control, so if it becomes an issue in the least, I'll literally build a Awesome. Does anyone else have any questions that we can we can ask them before we uh, start to just start talking beer? Or? I do. Carla, um, hit it. How much of your um, beer are you going to bottle versus be on premise versus, you know, what's your plan there as far as how people are going to be able to get it? So we're, we're pretty tiny at the moment, uh, the, I mean, naturally. But the, the whole goal here is to get people in the retail shop. I mean, we've got a really nice tasting area. It's kind of the boss's vision to make this more like a, like a West Coast uh, vineyard kind of deal where you come in, you have a really nice place to sit down, relax, take have to offer, see what you like, see what you don't like, and we'll have the growlers to go. Uh, the bottle sales will be semi-regular. We're going to try and have the porter and at least the saison on a relatively regular basis, but it really just depends on uh, on how quickly we can build up our fermentation phase right now. Very cool. Very cool. I'm excited. <laughs> how big is the facility? Uh, brew house size? Yeah. Yeah, so brew house size, we're looking at three barrels. Uh, we're going to be double batching in three barrel fermenters for the majority of this. We do have a couple small three barrel fermenters, but uh, I got a feeling this is a thirsty community, and I have a feeling we're going to run out awfully good. Nice, good. How close are you guys to the beach? I'm just wondering if you can get a lot of the beach tourist people up there. So we're literally like five minutes from the beach. Oh, oh God. Oh, yeah. A nice Berliner program for next summer, so hopefully that'll. Oh. I don't envy you having to deal with the beach people, though. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing that you're going to sell out all of your beer, but they're all from Massachusetts. Sorry. Hey. <laughs> we have a lot of Massachusetts people on this podcast right I now. Know, she know. I know. Get in there and beat them to the punch. Yeah. yeah. Right. At least get them drinking New Hampshire beer. I don't. That works. Yeah. And actually, real quickly, uh, so I don't know if you guys are familiar, but New Hampshire is without a brewer's guild. And one of the best things in Vermont that I was a part of was the Vermont Brewers Association and the Vermont Brewers Guild. I really miss having, you know, every six months having sensory analysis and having something going on and talks on barrel aging, talks on dissolved oxygen, just keeping up on the industry and keeping, keeping all the brewers in the state up on the industry. And we've been in talks with a lot of brewers. It's not us personally that is spearheading this. It's kind of been a culmination of everybody. Uh, we've got the Craft Beer Alliance on board. So we do have some uh, some big hitters in the, uh, in the beer world to help us out. And hopefully, draw some good tourism into New Hampshire. That's that's kind of it's huge news, especially for New Hampshire, because we, I mean, as you said, we're 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 looking for that, and Massachusetts has a strong brewers guild, and it, it's something that that we we need back in New Hampshire for sure. Which we we obviously appreciate someone spearheading that, or I mean, at least helping out with with bringing it back, and and that that's awesome. Yeah, and anytime you can uh, stop New Hampshire folks from going over the border to Maine and Massachusetts, that's always a good thing because when I lived in New Hampshire, um, we had distributions issues too, still do, um, where I would go down to Mass and Maine for the beer I couldn't get there. Um, but the better and the more breweries that open in New Hampshire, you can stay local and drink your own you know, beer from your own state. Um, I think that's an awesome endeavor. So I'm always happy to hear about more New Hampshire people coming on board. 
Yeah, we are uh, heavily a best fresh brewery. When we're trying to get stuff out the gate, we're trying to get stuff out the gate. We don't want people sitting on these bottles for five, ten years. We want them to drink them. We, you know, we want our locals to appreciate what we're doing. It, it doesn't do us any good to have bottles sitting on somebody's shelf when a local could be appreciating those with friends and family and just having a good time. Nice. And then um, as far as draft accounts, are you just going to go exclusively with uh, the place next door? Uh, or are you gonna, do you hope to, in, in the future, kind of give back to some, place, some of the places in Hampton? Oh, definitely, definitely. As we get a little larger and we can really feel everything out, we'll, we'll have much more definitive answers on where we're going to be distroing to. Cool. But in the it is it's going to be Community Oven and 401, I believe, we'll have our beer. Uh, nice. We'll Either uh, our flagship Americanized wheat, or our just—it's—it's uh, it's kind of a dry stout, but it's more a uh, little, little more uh, molassesy than than most dry stouts. So we got a couple small things coming right out the gate. Just the idea is for all our special releases and all our kind of more off the beaten path beers, we want you in the brewery. So be our flagships, but you will never see our our higher end stuff distroed. However, truth be told might see a keg or two slip next door to a community oven here and there for full pints. Is Smitty still moving to uh, Hampton? I would think that would just help having two breweries there, too, just for yeah. people to think about going up there for beer. Like, well, we can go on a tour there, we can go there and everything. So. Yeah, so from from what I heard, and I went on a tour uh, Saturday, they were they were mentioning that they already broke ground at the new place up in Hampton for Smitty Nose. And um, they were looking, like, the, the tentative date was looking for fall of 2013. That's at least what I heard. And I should be hearing more on this, you know, Thursday, Friday, this week, maybe if there's more solidified plans. But I ask them every week, you know, what's, what's the latest date? Because we're looking for them, right? So, and it, it's a beautiful space. I mean, I mean and then from, from what rumors, rumors might have, Throwback might be moving to a, another place very close by. So there's a lot of movement in Hampton, which kind of, as a Portsmouth guy, excites me. And it's kind of like, whoa, Portsmouth has to start making moves here. But I like to, I like to spend my time in Hampton now too. So it's well, good. It, also, it makes sense to move someplace like Hampton because you do get the Massachusetts people who go up there. You do have a lot of, lot more traffic instead of just locals. You have people vacationing up there and everything like that. So it makes a lot of sense too for Hampton. And right. it's and it's pretty close, easy on, easy off the highway, uh, depending on where you are in Hampton too. So that's a big, that's a big deal. Um, yeah. around here. <laughs> Any place yeah. that doesn't take nine different turns down unmarked roads to get to, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, New Hampshire is the one place you get three miles away, but it takes 15 different roads to get there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we love her as a state. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cattle trails, they just paved them over. They didn't bother going in a straight line. They just went, eh, the cow wandered over there. Let's pave it over there. Yeah, and then after 15 minutes, they, they'll just take a bridge out of your state. Now you're forced, forced to go somewhere else around you gotta take two different bridges now. It's it's a it's a mad it's a madhouse. Yeah, I have a sad story about Black Birch because I tried to go on Sunday. What's the sad story? Go ahead. Uh, it's it's not open on Sundays, so I went all the way over the other bridge to get over to Kittery from yeah. Portsmouth, and then I re realized it wasn't open. Told my friend I'd meet her in Portsmouth, then went on the way back, got stopped by the other drawbridge, and sat there for 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like, we're all set. You can just just stay in Maine. We're all set with you. Where you are, but uh, so they're they're not open on Sunday. That's weird. I mean, did you check their Facebook or their web page? Their web page, but I I had originally made plans for Saturday, so it's my fault because my friend switched the days and I didn't check again. But I checked once I got there and it was closed and there was no one in the parking lot. So 
you'll get there. It's 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 going to be there forever. I mean, it's it's a, it's a it's a goddamn institution in Kittery, that's for sure. But yeah. Dave, have you been there, Blackbirds yet? I have not. Oh boy, beautiful. Yeah, I still really haven't had much time to go out and explore yet. Well, that's uh, true. I'm sorry. You're opening up a brewery. Big fan of the Blackbirds here. That's that's my bad. <laughs> I did meet the Thirsty Moose guys though. They came out to check us out, and we had a nice little chat. Nice, and and how'd that go? I mean, have you have you made it out there, or how is their appreciation for what you do? I, I still haven't been out there, but it's always nice talking with people that when you bring up cask events, they don't shy away when you talk about spiles and bleeding. So that's nice because you know we we want somebody that's going to be well versed at serving casks for anything like that that we do. So it's it's really refreshing to see that name. Awesome. Now, uh, Adam, what do you got for him? Any questions? Any, uh, any comments? Sorry, guys. I can't really hear a word you're saying. It's all uh, auto-tune, robotic. Mumble. Oh, boy. Can you hear us now? Yeah. Yeah, it's coming in and out. But uh, two seconds ago, Norm sounded like one of the top 40 hits auto-tune style. So. <laughs> well, I, I'm reporting an album. Later. <laughs> it's going to be a serious hit for sure. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just pumped to see that there's more New Hampshire breweries opening up. Uh, I mean, you know, with Throwback for sure, you know, they're pumping up some good beers, but at least down here, just south of Boston, you can't get them unless you go up there, but, you know, if I ever needed an excuse to go up to New Hampshire, they're a great one, so I know that having another one in that area is going to be awesome. Um, you know, Portsmouth itself is just a great city. I'm from New Hampshire originally. I grew up in Hooksett and Manchester, so, you know, to see that White Birch has opened up in my my hometown, you know, uh, it's just kind of amazing. But uh, to see other small breweries opening up or just starting out in the seacoast is awesome because that's just a really great part of the state. Here you go. I'm pumped. I love the tap panels, by the way. I checked them out online the other day, and they're crazy. They're awesome. But, uh, yeah, I'm interested to try the beers since you're trying to try some new stuff. So Yeah, quick, uh, quick random self plug. Uh, we are keeping everybody up to date on Facebook as much as possible at facebook.com slash blue lobster brew R-E-W. Uh, so if you guys want to check us out or whatever, we'll we'll definitely make it obnoxiously known once we're open and serving beer. Oh yes. Like um, like <laughs> <laughs> you'll probably see some if not all of us there pretty pretty soon. Maybe before you actually you know, open your address officially. Yeah, I mean, anybody's welcome to get a hold of me on Facebook if you want a quick tour, check out the place or whatever. I mean, Brian's got my contact info or through here, through Google Plus. It really doesn't matter. But yeah, I'm always willing to, to show people around and then let them know what we're trying to do. Dude, man, you got a bunch of nerds here that are, are definitely willing to help spread the good word about you know new beers, new brewing companies, new breweries. So, you know, if there's anything we can do, just they reach out to us as well. I'm sure we'd love to spread the... We're going to be doing our damnedest to hopefully make everybody nice and happy. Oh, yeah. Big fan. Now, what's, you know, good to hear about, about that, but what's, what's going on, you know, to the dirty, talk, dirty topics of beer? So what's your, what's your favorite style of beer, if you had to pick one out of anything? Personally, I just absolutely adore fruited lambics. It's just kind of my thing. Ooh. All right. Nice. Can't and go then, wrong with both all you can, but 
<laughs> so we'll go down the line. Adam, what's your what's your favorite style of beer? Not just favorite beer, but what's your favorite style of beer? Oh, this is a tough one. I really, I'm getting more into like double IPAs, uh, but actually, even more, I'm not getting into. I've loved double IPAs and IPAs for a long time, but actually, more so over the past month or so, I've really been starting to get into sour beers, which I've never really had, you know, an affinity for before. But the more I try, the more I'm really liking them. So. I uh, just went out to uh, Jack's Abbey Brewing a couple of weeks ago, and I had their Brett Beer to Guard, which Norm, I'm sure you've probably had it a few times, uh, seeing how you're so close, but it's a really nice beer. It smells very funky, uh, but it's really kind of a subtle a subtle drink. I may actually go with it now. I'm completely out of beer. i got to go grab something. So. All right. You are excused for a second. Thank you. Um, I'll admit my my favorite style of beer is a stout. It's no surprise to many people on this panel here, but um, last two weeks two weeks ago at Burlington Brewfest, um, a little little brewery by the name of you know Alchemist met up with my man Todd Ma, uh, formerly from Portsmouth Brewery, and made a uh, a hoppy stout. And I just it was like angel tears in a can. It was it was perfect. And I, and I I needed to come back ASAP. It was like a a, a black heady topper of of epic proportions. But uh, anytime there's a stout on tap, be it winter, fall, spring, or absolutely summer, I'm reaching for it. That's for sure. Carl, what do you got? Um, I'm still kind of on a saison kick. Um, I did a whole lot of sours over the winter. Um, just anything funky I could get my hands on. Now I'm kind of mellowing out a little bit into the saison, some more complex stuff. But I have to say in the in the build-up to and the aftermath from IPA day, I've been stuck on IPAs. <laughs> so uh, I haven't had a saison in probably about two weeks, um, but right now that's kind of what I'm craving. That's as close as I'll get to my favorite style is what I'm craving this week. <laughs> nice. And, Mike, I, I heard you do a thumbs I saw you do a thumbs up, but I, I know you have a saison story about now. Right, yeah, I do, actually. Um, on Friday, we made our way to the Cape Ann Brewing Company. And first of all, I have to say, if you're in the area, go to the Cape Amber and Company because it was dead on Friday. It was actually, like, really disturbing how little people were there. <laughs> uh, but I had their Sunrise Saison, and it was life-changing. Um, it was amazing. <laughs> it was brewed, <laughs> brewed with strawberries and rhubarb, and it was amazing. And so I'd have to say, like, within summertime, I'm definitely trying to kick in more of the Saisons, like you said. But once the, once the weather turns cold, I make my way to Portertown. And I, uh, I, I, I warm myself by its good flavors in the wintertime. So. We need, like, a soundtrack. Like, oh, take me to Portertown. Portertown. Next stop, Portertown. Portland. Um, so, dumb question. Cape Ann Brewing is in Cape Gloucester. Ann? Gloucester, Gloucester, Massachusetts. It's on Cape Ann in Gloucester, Massachusetts. Whatever they think. Cape Ann. Fun, fun facts. I only uh, run into them at festivals, and they're pumpkin stout. Oh, my God, so cool. That's the only pumpkin beer I'll have is a pumpkin stout brewed by Cape Ann. But fun fact, Mike and I met Adam for the first time at, at Cape Ann in what, uh, in what uh, other people outside of Mass call Gloucester. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> Cape Ann after that? No. <laughs> oh, I'm a big fan of Cape Ann. <laughs> they made it really awesome. I had a... Um, their pumpkin stout was filtered through uh, kind of like a Randall... Uh, but with vanilla coffee beans. Oh, that's it was just amazing. Or it was like I think it was coffee beans and also like vanilla pods. It oh, was man. Wow. Now, Norm, what's your favorite style of beer? 
I'm really changed by the seasons. I go during the summer. I drink tons of pilsners, uh, a lot of lagers. I I probably hop on it. Yeah, uh, drinking a lot of Jack Abbey beers and uh, year round. I I drink IPAs, double IPAs, sours. I drink those all year round. <laughs> and but, the two of you guys coming in hot on the mic. But on um, like right now, like during the summer, I've been a lot of Pilsner. We also a fast winter. I've been drinking a lot of stout. I think Belgians year round, but it's really seasonal. So like for right now, right now, my favorite style Pilsner, and two months from now, it'll be totally different. Cool. Now, uh, Sean Amber, Amber, welcome. By the way, Sean was being quite the nuisance all day. Um, what's your favorite styles of beer, both of you? You muted them, dude. <laughs> trying to unmute them because after they smacked the mic, I had to had to calm it down. <laughs> no, there wasn't a smack in the mic. Ryan just popped the cork. Oh, nice! That's the best sound. Yeah. That's the best sound crack. You see that? Oh, nice. That so, why don't you tell us what you're drinking, and then tell us what your favorite style of beer is. Oh, life and limb. Just popped the life and limb. Uh, my favorite style of beer right now is uh, I'm digging sours, but also like hoppy beers. Um, Amber just said she uh, likes um, Belgians. She had a big passion for saisons. Ryan, uh, the beer in my hand. Recently, it's been uh, during the Olympics. I'm trying to have a beer from every ho every uh, country that's involved if I can find one. That's a lot of beer. That's like 214 beers. So I hope you're doing all right. <laughs> Luckily, there's a bunch of dry countries. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> I had a uh, from the Ukraine last night. I had the Zaytek. Uh, dark lager, and it was really good. It was a surprisingly good dark lager. I had to step away for one second. I, I'm fearless. All right. Ryan, I got, a, I got a question for David, if it's okay. Absolutely perfect. Go. So, David, did you, you said you, you, did you grow up in New Hampshire? Yeah, actually, I grew up in Canaan, New Hampshire, uh, on a small cattle farm way the hell out in the middle of nowhere. And then kind of went to college down in Orlando, came back to New Hampshire, running, kicking, and screaming. Uh, I have no intention of ever going back to Orlando. Uh, <laughs> it, was a, it was a good time. So I'm, I'm a New England native. I've, I've spent 95% of my life getting around. Wait, wait, so where did you have your first beer? And you remember what it was? My first what? Beer. First beer? Oh, jeez. So, ironically enough, before I left for college, I wasn't really that into beer. Uh, Seven Barrel Brew House was right near where I used to live. I actually used to brew in the Red Room back in the day. Things Whose computer is making that noise? Sounds like a transformer. Get down. Is it all off? Okay, uh, we can hear you now. We got you. All right, all right. So you're yeah. saying something about the you were you live near Seven Barrel? Yeah, my my like the beer that kind of turned me on to craft was probably Seven Barrels Red Seven, and then when I went down to college in Orlando, I was right next to a little German bar that did really traditional Schwartz beers and all types of great alt beers, and really really just kind of took it and ran with it. Nice, Dave. I'm sorry. Did you see you're from Canaan? Yep. All right. Cool. That's like White Mountains area, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's like 30 minutes outside Dartmouth, give or take. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I went out to Seven Barrel, um, I want to say like a year and a half ago. It was really cool. 
Yeah, it was a it was a great place back when Noonan was around, man. We we miss him dearly. And then and then I, I recently saw you in up in Burlington pouring for uh, um, Hill Farmstead. I mean, big fan. Yeah, I I will help out Sean in any capacity that I can, man. He is he is helped us out in spades. He's helped me personally out in spades. I mean, he's my mentor, and I have an immense respect for him. Awesome. Now, um, I mean, I have a couple things we can talk about. Otherwise, we, we, if you guys have something to, to any topics you know that you've heard this week in beer, but um, I'll, I'll kick it off. I don't know if you guys heard of the craft beer seller, but I know one man on this panel has, and, I, and he actually broke the story. So, Adam, would you mind talking about craft beer seller? I mean, I, I got the article up right here. Otherwise, you can just give us give us a scoop on what's going on down there in your area. Yeah, well, uh, they recently just franchised or decided to franchise. So they're going to start by, or their goal is to open three new stores in the next, or by the end of 2013. Uh, so we've been kind of chatting over a while. They sent an email not too long ago just saying that they were announcing big news. They're expanding, and uh, my wife and I kind of figured that out when they changed their Twitter handle to at CBC underscore Belmont. So we figured that something was in the works. Um, but yeah, they're they're really excited to franchise. They have a great store. I'm sure that I know that some of you guys have been there. If you haven't been there, it's a destination store. It's one of the coolest places I've been to, and it's also run by two of the coolest ladies in the business that I've met. Uh, they're really focused on quality. They're really focused on customer service. They really care about their uh, their customers, and so it's very easy to go in there. It's very easy to find pretty much anything you need or something that you didn't expect to find. Um, but if you're not sure what to get, they're going to tell you what to get. But, uh, you know, it's pretty exciting. We're excited for them. They're they're really good people and uh, spend a lot of money in that store. So <laughs> I imagine I'll probably spend some more in their other stores as well once they're open up. Yeah, and I guess, is, is there one opening up in Lowell was, was one of the locations? Uh. To be honest with you, I can't quite recall. I'm actually going to bring up the... No, don't, don't worry about it. I, 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 I read it beforehand. I remember Lowell being one of them. So, yeah, I think they have one of them. Say it again, Brian? Need him, he said. I didn't say Yeah, need. I think Mike. Hmm? Um, yeah, I don't know. There, There's a, a severe lack of... a quality store where you can go and get everything you need on the South Shore. So, you know, maybe at some point they're able to franchise down here or open a second store down here, but um, you know, certainly within the 95 corridor, um, I know this is probably sacrilegious to someone like Norm, but nice pirate hat, by the way, Brian. Uh, no problem. Uh, I've never been to, to Julio's, so I know they were trying Ooh. to capture some of those people within the 95 corridor, not so far out west. So, um, you know, I, I think that wouldn't be a bad thing for those uh, out in the metro west area. i got to find out how to do these crazy hats and eye patches. Oh, you'll figure it out. Oh, in, in due time, in upcoming uh, hangouts, you'll master it. I found the Google effects button. Yeah. But Julio uh, Craft Beer Cell, whenever I'm out in that area, but I go to Julio's at least once a week. I mean, there's a one store that has more beer than the craft beer seller, but, it, but it's, gig it's gigantic size of a grocery store. They also have a gigantic wine selection, liquor selection. They buy their own barrels. The great thing I like about Julio's is they 
they buy their own barrels of whiskey and bourbon and bottle their own brand. They own the barrels, so they partner with breweries in New England. They did Smelly Nose a couple times, Opa Opa, and they barrel they do their own barrel aged beer exclusive for Julio's. That's crazy. I mean, I, I went there last time. Uh, I think it was last month for the first time. And I'll, let me tell you something. I went in there, I went in there with a uh, shopping cart and came out with probably two hundred dollars worth of beer. And a hundred dollars of it was was Westy Twelve. I'll give it that. Yeah. But yeah. It, it was. I mean, fantastic store. Yeah, I was there once when a, a busload of people from Canada came down just to buy <laughs> beer. So they saw her online. I can't turn off the stupid uh, effect. That's all right. Okay. But, you know, it's a great... I go to Julia's all the time. A craft beer seller is a lot, you know... It's a lot different. It's a lot more personable. You you know, the, you're dealing with the owners. They're, I mean, they're extremely knowledgeable. I mean, they know so much. The Julia's people, I mean, it's still... It's a liquor store. It's not just a beer store. So, people that don't nice. know the beer... Then, Adam, uh, I didn't, I didn't see any, uh, I didn't see any pictures from it. Um, but did they do like whole podium style action for the announcement? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I wasn't there. They, no. uh, they just, I thought you were there. No, they sent me the release a little bit early, and I just scheduled it for the blog. So, um, I assume they had some people there. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know to be honest with you. In uh, in. Do, uh, did you ever hear about like um, you know when you when you franchise out, people have to sort of drink the Kool Aid of your beliefs and philosophies? Did they talk about anything like that? That their other franchisees are like people that are as dedicated or even more? I didn't hear the last part of your question, but I think I heard enough of it to answer it for you. Um, from what we were told, Kate and Zen spent a lot of time drafting like a doctrine or something like that like a 200-page book, if you will, of their philosophy and what they wanted the, the other stores to represent. So uh, I, the short answer, I suppose, is yes. What's in that, I'm not very sure, but they really tried to outline, you know, what each store can carry as far as their beers or mead or wine and so forth like that. But, you know, I'm not sure what the ins and outs of that, but I'm sure we'll learn more about that in the next couple months. Nice. Yeah, get your hand on that doc. Huh? I don't know if I have enough time to uh, to read through that thing, but I, I can certainly find out some more information about that. Oh, yeah, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll repost it again. It's fine. I mean, I'll, I'll put up in the show notes, as they call it in the webcast land. I honestly have no idea what I'm doing right now with this thing, but yeah. there will be a show notes category somewhere in there. But, um, Carla, there's a store that just opened up by you a couple months ago or about a month ago? Yes. Um, that's ironically called Beer Cellar, B-I-E-R Cellar, um, but it is basically what we've been missing in our beer landscape. We've had a lot of like little corner stores that have a decent selection of craft, and then we have RSVP, which is kind of huge, but for whatever reason, not as satisfying to me. It's just kind of, it's again, part of a bigger liquor store, it's part of a wine store, it's kind of... It's there, and they're good, but not everybody there really knows their stuff as well as I would like them to. So they've been nice to me, but when Beer Cellar opened, and it's literally just beer, a little bit of wine, and some mead, you can kind of tell where their hearts are. Um, really cool store. 
Um, and the most fun thing for me is that I got on their email list, and they send out, like, the craziest, like, updates of, like, I only have five bottles of this. Call me, and I'll put it aside. Like, and all you have to do is just be on their email list. You don't have to be some, like, VIP, like, beer person. Um, and it's just really, it's different. It's a different feel. Um, you know, Sean's mentioning that RSVP does have great prices, and they do. Um, but this is a nice place um, also within walking distance of where I live uh, for really to have a chat about the beer um, and for them to turn me on to stuff I would not normally have picked up. Um, and I'm appreciating that a lot. Nice. And now, Dave, do you have any good, uh, I mean, around here or kind of up, up, you know, where I used to live or even up in Burlington? But I, I'll, I'll kind of say, don't, don't say anything up there because there's good beer stores up there. So what, what around here are your favorite beer stores? I mean, really, I, I used to make a trip down to Acton a lot. To yeah. I, I absolutely used to love them, and I used to be able to get Poofoon and all types of Cantillon right off the shelf and plenty of bottles and never, ever. So. Um, do you know Brian that worked there? I am god-awful with names, I won't lie. Okay, he was their beer dude, a little bit crazy-eyed. I think I recall him. <laughs> Uh, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, he does, he's not there anymore, but when he was, he was absolutely, like, hounding him all the time to get the best stuff, and he was, like, crazy about it. Yeah, so that's I how I know Acton, because I used to go down there, and he used to show me around and be like, look what we got! <laughs> I haven't been there in a while, but that used to be my go-to spot. I used to hit up Julio's, and I'd hit up Acton, and I would almost always spend more money in Acton. Yeah. Where is it in Acton? Oh, jeez. I, I know how to get there from my friend's house, but I don't know the name of the roads. I just type it in GPS, and I wind up there somehow. I'm, like, ashamed of myself. I go to Acton once, twice a week to visit my yeah, mom. It's, just, it's, yeah, it's called Acton Wine and Liquor. So you should right. that's, that's, that's as close, that's as easy as you can make it right there. <laughs> cool. Acton Wine and Liquors. Got it. Right. I have to say that if you, got, if you guys are in uh, southern New Hampshire... You definitely have to go to Burt's Better Beers and Hooks It. Big fan. Yes. yes. Big fan. Aside from, I mean, again, it's in my hometown, so I can't help but love it. But you go in there, if you've met Burt or if you haven't been in there, awesome. The mustache, like super knowledgeable guy. He carries yeah. more meads than I've ever seen in my life. And it's, uh, it's just an awesome store. I mean, he's so friendly. They have a great selection. I love going there. That's where I get my kick, my uh, supply of Moat Mountain when I'm up in... Uh, the yeah, Grand family, so I uh, wish they would distribute down here, but unfortunately they still don't, but um, I can't say enough great things about Burt's. Um, we went up there probably like two years ago. Uh, he's very inviting. Uh, showed us around for like an hour, and that was before he expanded, um, but now it's just, you go in there and it's just it's like heaven on earth. Uh, and I, I, I spoke to the milk, milk guy at the ACBF. They had canned beers, which I was shocked to see. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, Iron Mike, they have Iron Mike and their blueberries and. I can't remember, but I asked the guy if they were planning on coming to Massachusetts. He thought within a year. Whoa. But he didn't. Darn. Like, Darn, I'm good. No, I, like I was just, I was just basically asking because I tried one of the. I can't remember. I like it. Oh, I wish you guys were down here because I've only up till that day. I mean, I had never seen them packaged. I always thought they were draft only. Right. For a while they were, and uh, they started doing uh, like 
big bottles of one-offs, and you'd only see them really rarely, but the canning thing they started last summer with their Iron Mike IPA, I'm pretty sure they have at least two others in cans now. Yeah. Um, usually Iron Mike's the easiest one to find, though. Um, and uh, But I really like their stuff. Um, they, um, their head brewer is doing, moving on to do something else. Um, no, I've never had a problem with that beer. I, li- I always like the ones I've tried. Yeah, it's good stuff. Anyway, I was just curious, as a brewer, do you do you see a difference between canning and bottling, or because you know a lot of you know like you know just using Jim Cook as an example, he won't can his beers because he says just he can't get the same in his mind the same quality. But I was just wondering what you thought. I mean, personally, I think you can get the same quality out of cans. It is slightly you know different of a of a profile that you're getting. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. But there's there's pluses and minuses across the board, just like anything. I mean, as far as light protection and things like that go for hoppy beers, I don't think hoppy beers should be bottled. I feel they should be canned or growler only. That's just my personal kind of thing. <laughs> so you go in from a really hoppy double IPA to a light lager. I'm just breaking it down because you know what? About nine o'clock Eastern time, gotta gotta get down to that sleep level. Yeah, we're lucky it's not a PBR, so. That's true. Uh, that's I, don't, I, I don't care if a beer is in a can or a bottle. If I see it in bulk at a liquor store, I might get the can just because it takes a lot less space in my fridge. But other than that, like, I don't have a real preference either way. I pour everything into a glass, so I really... And I, if, I buy, if I buy an IPA, double IPA, they're not something I'm saving. Those are something I plan on drinking that week or within two weeks at the latest. Yeah. So... You shouldn't pour into a glass that says drink from can, at least on his Heady Topper standards. It says right there, all the way around the brim. Really? So. Yeah, repeatedly, yes. Yes. Well, I, think it was, I was talking to someone, I think it was Ian from Two Beer Guys, that said he read something on like Beer Advocate saying he poured, he said Heady Topper was like a two because he poured it into a glass and it, it was murky. And so that, that's, that's straight reason, straight in point, didn't want, didn't want anything to do with it. So maybe that's why they want you to drink it. Let me tell you, I interviewed, I, I'm drawing a blank on his name, uh, the uh, owner of uh, uh, Alchemist. I've never talked to a brewer, I've never talked to a brewer who likes his one beer so much. And it wasn't something like he's trying to promote it. He really loves that beer. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of great double IPAs in the world. There's so many awesome ones. But there's not that many that scrumptious. And this is scrumptious. <laughs> Yeah. It was, but he, it wasn't like an act. That's what he really, really believed. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was cool seeing seeing those two in the in the basement of the or in the in the, I guess the brew house of the Portsmouth Brewery just 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 chatting beer and you know you know make, making great beer because both these two beer gods are you know of small I guess now small brew pubs are just friggin' doing big things and that one beer is is available. To such a small community, but if you can get it, it's the most sought-after beer in the U.S., which is just nuts. And, and and like the whole eBay controversy and everything, you know, I don't think you should be selling beer on eBay. I think you should be trading it, you know, for something that it's worth. You should never be selling beer for more than it's worth. Although I think they sell Eddie Topper for like five dollars a can in mass, I think. But I don't know, oh, Sean. What are the, Sean? What did they sell it for at Amesbury when they had it? That's a markup. That's not. That's different than like I would like to profit. That would be very. That would be very. True too. Five bucks at a bar would be a small markup. This, 
Or this one. I mean, I've definitely spent. I've definitely spent like nine or ten bucks on the can. Yeah. I, would, I, I, I guess I would too. You know. Oh, it's like four fifty at the. It's like four fifty a can at the brewery. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's not a big markup at all. No, not at all. It's it's. I think it's it's twelve bucks for for four of these babies. David's trying to talk, and we're talking over him. So yeah, that's okay. He's only a brewer. <laughs> twelve dollar four packs at the brewery. Can make okay. Twelve dollar. Wow. It's excellent. I mean, uh, it's uh, it's it's well worth the trip for sure. Just to see the 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 turnout, and they're I guess they're doubling distribution now, so they're only getting bigger. Yeah. You can hit a blackback, and you can get a whole bunch of Hill Farmstead beer. You can have a wonderful evening. I went to uh, what was it? Um, Prohibition Pig. Pro Prohibition Pig was really good, but I didn't get the blackback. Where's Lawson's? Warren. Lawson's is Warren, yeah. I stopped up there in October. I picked up the beer they had available at the Warren General Store was at Gandhi, which was their 4% Session IPA. It was a really good beer, but you, that's the only beer you could get. Nice. I was going to look at Sean watch him drink for a second. This is our this is our Sean commercial break. If you guys need to get a beer. <laughs> I'm still this English IPA. It's very English. Nice. Very, very English. To the Queen. Wait, so I, I think we should pause for a quick second, raise your glasses, say cheers to Dave, cheers to Blue Lobster, and, uh, you know, here's to good futures, good things. Yes. Cheers. 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 I'm too late, Sean. Too late, Sean. You missed it. Yeah, I'm like a 10 seconds away. 56K sucks, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> That's what we need, yeah. a freaking handshake dial tone. I don't, I don't know why I'm the only one that, that Brian's putting on mute. Because <laughs> you've got weird noises. <laughs> like you. I, heard, I heard some noises that aren't suitable for this audience, that, that, that this one viewer that we have watching live. So. <laughs> are you afraid you're going to offend my sensibilities? Because that's kind of impossible. I'm sorry. No, we're afraid of Momo. Yeah. Momo. She's the worst talker I've ever heard. <laughs> so, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll toss some numbers your way to, to, to kickstart another conversation. And this, I, I got this originally from Carla, but this, this comes from the Brewers Association. Um, it says, there are currently 1,252 breweries in planning. Yeeks. <laughs> and now, not all of them are from Massachusetts, despite popular belief. But, uh, <laughs> what... So, what are you guys' thoughts on that? You know, do you think that's that's crazy? Do you think that this is like a, a good thing? I, I think it's you know spread out across the U.S. It's a, you know it's a great day for craft beer. <laughs> I'm just I'm not just understand so many brewers. There has to be some time. There has to be some saturation point. I don't think we reached it yet, but eventually. I mean, we had in Massachusetts alone eight breweries open last year. I can think of. Three or four this year. I know at least two more in planning. I mean, it's just there's just more than two in planning in Massachusetts right now. I'm going to go close to opening. I mean, oh, okay. yeah. and it's just there's only so much self, shelf space. And you go to the liquor store now, you see, you know, Night Shift, Idle Hands, uh, ba uh, Backlash, and Mystic Brewery all side by side, which is great. But they're all brewing the same exact style. Yes. So people are gonna you know, latch on to one or two of them, you're just a little, you know, there has to be some saturation point eventually. There's only so much shelf space. 
Right, it'll so, break eventually. So speaking of saturation point, um, the graphic wow. I'm showing, so if you click on my name, this is actually really quickly comprised from uh, some of Josh Christie's research on his little Maine beer book that he's writing. So this is year of origin and then all of the breweries in Maine. And what you had happen was there was a crazy amount of growth in the 90s and complete stagnation and almost a bubble drop um, between 2000 2008. And then we are now in another huge boom of craft beer up here. Um, so in the Brewers Association numbers, that yellow area on this is actually um, across the board, there was a stagnation and a drop. Um, and I guess what we're all trying to predict now is, is this ridiculous rate of growth that we're in now, um, are we headed for another kind of parallel or are we still got room to go up? Um, frankly, I think with the hyper-localization of some of this stuff, we still have plenty of room to go up. Right. Um, but his research like pointed out to me that there are like three breweries that I had no idea existed or were about to open in Maine. So I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> One thing to really keep in mind is the potential for a barley shortage. Yeah. That's true. You know, supply shortage of, of any kind, right? We've been hitting hop shortages left and right. I mean, I, I have no doubts we're in for another one. It was an absolute just nightmare trying to get a hold of some of these varietals this year. We had to go to the spot market for a couple of them. And really, that's not even the concern. We were able to get a lot of these sought-after varietals. But as far as barley goes, I mean, everybody that I've talked to in malting, they're worried as hell. And with the way that all these new breweries are coming in, I'm all for it because it will push people to just, in general, make better beer, bar none. But at the same time, I have a feeling we're going to hit an ingredient saturation point before we hit an actual brewery saturation point. Do you think that that's yeah. going to be so, though? Because so many of these breweries are opening on such a small scale. I mean, back in the day, you know, like when, you know, Geary's and, you know, Shipyard opened, they opened with the intent of being big. And they sat there and they opened big. A lot of these breweries, even Rising Tide, when they started, they were a three-barrel brew system, same, same, you know, same as what you guys are planning. They're starting small, and there's also a movement to stay small. But they're know, also obviously it's three three barrels, but they're also expanding to Massachusetts already. Well, no, I, I mean Rising Tide is growing, but I'm just saying that, like, I think there's a little bit, there's a little buffer there, um, because we're not you know, having 20 giant breweries opening at once, we have like 40 itty-bitty ones who may or may not be vying for the same types of ingredients, but yeah. that, I mean, I think we have a buffer, but you're right, is, is at some point we're going we're gonna to get to that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's six one, half a dozen the other. Do we have 15 three barrels, or do we have three 15 barrels? Right. right. It's all going to balance out. We're all still going to need grain. I think how it work out in the end, the the for the most part, I think the, craft, the best craft beers are going to survive, and they, if some of them are a little behind the other ones, people just stop buying their beers. Right. And there's all, like I said, there's only so much shelf space, and I know there's a lot of decent breweries that I pass up because there's better breweries right next to them on the shelf, and I think a lot of people will start doing that. Yeah, but I, I can't see, I can't remember or think of a brewery since I've been at least 21 that's that's came and then left. I don't I don't remember a brewery exiting. Penichuk. Hmm? Steve, I'm I'm not that old. I, I don't I don't think I've ever <laughs> that. was fantastic. What yeah. happened there, Brewer? Yeah, no, that was his that was his own decision. It wasn't even they went out of business. He just well, decided he would rather be a rebound. They started going uh 
uh, way down when that brewer left. He's just starting a new brewery in Rhode Island. Which is <gasps> no. Going to the brewer, not the owner, but the brewer. I don't care. That's who I want to follow. Yeah. Is the brewer. Hi, Jinx. Brewer thing. Hi, Jinx. Yeah. Norm, uh, who's that? What's his name? Damas Olson. Okay. Yeah. Is that, is I, know, James? I, I got a buddy of mine that's now a, a ship brewer at New Belgium. Uh, yeah. He started actually at, uh, actually I think he, he was telling me, I interviewed him, his name's Dave Gu. He, uh I was grew with him, went to high school with him, I interviewed him for Brewing England. Uh, he started at, um, oh, what was it, Millie's Tavern in Manchester, and then All really right. was really serious about it and went to Penichuk for a while, and uh, uh, whatever his name is, Dan, uh, whatever, Demas. I can't even say it, Damas, exactly. Dumas. Yeah, we lost Well, I mean, even though we didn't lose them, I mean, we don't have the Alchemist anymore. Right. Yeah. Not in the same sense that we used to. I used to absolutely adore that pub. And it's still good, but it's not quite what it was, in my opinion. Yeah. It's actually kind of interesting, the same thing was going on about how scrumptious this beer was. He was saying they actually, the cans are available a lot earlier, a lot greater than they ever were available in pegs. He says like three or four weeks ago, people are going nuts drinking this beer fresh. He says it's not even ready to drink for another two or three weeks. We just have to get it on the shelf. So people are drinking this beer before he thinks it's ready. Yeah, it's weird because he, he encourages it to be drank like the second you get it. I know, but when I interviewed him, he said it's too early when the cans are hitting the store. Well, I think the cans were planned without knowing it was going to be that huge. So, yeah, I wish they would have can shut the hell up. I miss that beer. Is, is that the is that the um, like the se uh, session beer? Yeah, the micro micro IPA. Ew. Nice. Oh, yeah, I never had a chance to go up to the brew pub. Unfortunately, they went out, They uh, had the her Irene problems before, right before I was heading up there. So I never got a chance to go to the pub. Yeah, it's a shame, man. It was a hell of a place when it was up. It really was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's an ugly bastard right there. Hey, that's John you're talking about, our yeah. resident clown. So let's see what else I got here for you. I saw that Anheuser-Busch is going to raise their prices by 50 to 75%. Anyone see that? I have a feeling it doesn't affect almost any of our readers. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just tossing oh, out there, and I hope, for those at home listening, get a, get better beer. Right, right. although, do they mean on just their regular says, stuff? Or it the says, stuff from what I'm reading, it says, and in the link I, I, I posted up on the, on, in the email, it said 55, oh, okay, sorry, I don't, I'm not a good reader, but it says 55 to 70 cent increase. Uh. Yeah, I was gonna say fifty percent increases. That's yeah. a lot. <laughs> like, like you're better you're better off buying a heady topper than buying a can of Bud Light. It's like Jolly Pumpkin here. Three years ago, they're eight ninety nine a bottle, and a month later, they're thirteen ninety nine a bottle. Like, what the hell happened? <laughs> so th those that thirty pack for fifteen bucks is now fifteen seventy five. So either do some more work on the on the streets or oh. find a better beer. So I'm guessing that's not messing with like people like Goose Island and whatever that they own, right? 
No way. No, it's not at all. It's it's just it's just for Anheuser, just for Budweiser and, and Bud Light. I gotta make up the money for Bud Light or Bud Platinum or whatever it was that, that came out. Wah, a fantastic wah, wah. beer. I know Sean likes. What was it that the Mexicali or whatever the hell it was? Jesus, Sean pulls out the game head, gaming headset. Yeah. <laughs> he was a Bud Chilada fan. Big fan of Chilada. Big fan of Chilada. Dude, no. Okay, spend spend a summer in Western Massachusetts in the woods, then tell me you don't like gelada. This wasn't Where? a regular. This had clam juice, tomato juice, and salt and lime and Bud Light. I mean, tell tell me if you want a better dinner, then I'll serve it for you. Right. But I, this is. Did we just have all that light. without the Bud Light in it? There's a little bit of Bud Light in there. I think it's called a Bloody Mary, isn't it? <laughs> right, no, <laughs> Clams? Oh, sorry, it's a bloody Caesar. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a two. Do you ever have a chance? Search uh, on YouTube for beer nut and chilada. I used to do a weekly taste test with my uh, editor who hates all liquor. I'm gonna find it right now, and, and, and we're gonna we're gonna watch it right now. There's a, uh, a trying to prove there's a beer for everyone. So at the, one of the last weeks, I brought her Julio's Liquors and had the beer manager lead her through a tasting. And I snuck in because they wouldn't carry it. Two warm cans of Bud Chilada and her and the beer manager drinking it. The looks on that face is hilarious. They look like I used to Chilada. C-H-E-L-A-D-A. I'll figure it out. Is it beer not one word? No. Oh, I got it. I think we're going to watch it right now, so everyone hold on. I have no idea how to do this, but we're going to see if we can make Maybe this happen. Did you use the YouTube button on top? Yeah, he did. All right, I'm going to get it. I think he just drove off a brewer. I think he's like, I'm out of here. I'm not watching. <laughs> Boulevard. This is oh, one of my new laws, Boulevard. Hey, uh, Norm, I'm drinking out of a Boulevard glass. I'm not sure if you can see that. but I can see that. I'm not going to be that very impressed, though. <laughs> you can have the glass. I'll have the beer. Norman, what do you got there? Huh? What do you have? The Boulevard Single Wide IPA. How was it? Very good. I love Boulevard. I love the, I love the Double Wide for sure. You know, it's funny. Double Wide is actually probably my least favorite of all the Boulevard beers. It's still a decent beer, but I actually like the Single Wide better. I love their wheat beer and their Love Child Number Two. I see some breads. Oh, I see some bread. Nice. I tried that. The uh, you know what? When I first tried Tank Seven, I think I had it out of the bottle, and I didn't really care for it. And I found that it's much better on draft for whatever reason. I just had it on draft for the first time this weekend. At a bar, Mister Shockingly. You know, I'm finishing my uh, Brett beer to guard from Jack Sabby. I love that beer. That was my beer of the month last month. I saw that. Saw that article. Beer of the month. That's a that's a pretty good award right there. Do you send them anything? Like, do you send them their beer back? Like, <laughs> I I'm going to send you I my send beer of the month. Photos. It's awesome. Dude, in my opinion, Jack's Abbey is killing it. They they do a fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Who job. wants to trade me some Jack's Abbey for something? I Just can't get. Just turn down to Framingham. We'll go out for a beer. We'll stop at the brewery. Framingham? Yeah. I don't know where that is. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Just get on the pike. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We'll do that. I'll still trade you if you want, because I could use some main beer. 
or not rising tide? I got a rising tide hookup for you. You don't need rising tide. We're getting it in a month. Oh, poopy face. Okay, fine. Buy your, buy your time. <laughs> hey, Dave, what do you got there? Yeah, what do you got there? Coonan uh, Bourbon Barrel with dementia. Whoa. Yeah, I have to start beer trading again. Just yeah. stepping it up right there. Dave, Dave, Dave brings beer to the hangout that all of us were just peasants in this game of his. I, uh, <laughs> I, used to, I used to do a lot of beer trading. I just haven't done it for a couple of years. I'm not a big trader because I don't like mailing things and being all covert in the mailing. I'm, like, I'm scared about that, too, especially, I don't know if, if New Hampshire is different, but I, I just, I don't no, want to be like, I, that was actually my favorite park. I used to make up the funniest, I used to try to make up things that they'd ask what was in the package. Yeah. One of, them, one of them was a bust of Darth Vader's head. I'm just bad at lying. What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> John, don't wait. You might find out. I haven't been trading in a while, but it's always just been yeast samples. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I hear that's the thing they're saying. Yeast samples. I've used like like vases. You know, you can sell wine though, which is retarded. So it's like why. Why wine and, and not? The, that's, actually, I know someone. That's what he does. He uses the wine shippers with the wine box and just says it's right. wine and mails it. It's so not fair. It's not fair. I've only done one beer trade, but it was probably the most awesome beer trade, at least in my opinion. Which isn't really. What'd you get? Like a good opinion because I've only done one. Uh, well, I have cousins who lives in San Francisco. So I got two bottles of Plan of the Elder. I got some uh, North Coast before it was really in the area. Um, I think uh, Alaskan Brewing as well. Ooh. Uh, but I sent some great, you know, some great New England stuff. Sent some Stowaway IPA out there. Uh, I think I sent some. I'm trying to think of what else is a while ago, but uh, I definitely need to get more active in the trading. I got some. Some cousins that are on the west coast that can send me some some tasty stuff yeah. that we can't get around here. So I keep trying. My little brother, my little brother moved to San Diego when he turned 22, and then he moved back to New York. So I keep trying to convince him to move back out there. So I can have like. <laughs> well, I just get some uh, hair of the dog stuff from him right now, Captain Lawrence. Big fan of hair of the dog. Don't even get me started on Adam. Don't even get me started on Fred. I like North Pier. I really love him. Blue dog. What? What? Blue dog. dog. Blue dog? Blue dot. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know that one. But man, that that the the Adam and Fred, especially Adam for me, just definition of definition of like the best beer ever. Sean, you took off the gaming headset. You're done playing War World of Warcraft. What's going on over there? I love you. I played around with the audio setting. Now you're too quiet. Not yet. I can hear myself talking in the background. Go ahead, Sean. Oh, here the dog. The brewery was awesome. Oh yeah, we went. We went together. Didn't? Yes. That that was a good time. Yeah, it's right next to uh, Green Dragon and then um, Cascade. Yep. And next to that sweet uh, that sweet party store, we went in and tried on some different things. God, I wish I had those photos from last time. Otherwise, I'd show them right here, right now. But uh, there's there's some good some there's some good stories there in Portland. One of my favorite beer trades I did was for a bunch of New Glarus stuff. I got oh. a Wisconsin Belgian Red and Raspberry Tart. 
I do like fruit beers. I mean, just those I, I got to have the red at the um, at the beer bloggers comp. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah you yeah. the one that came around. You're like, they have new Glarus. They have new Glarus. And you, yeah. you ran across the side of the room. I've never heard it before that. Oh, my word. Well, we got all those Sun Kings, Brian. Sun King. Oh, the Sun King. Yeah. I have to try it because I, I had to catch a flight that never took off for like six, six to eight hours. So. <laughs> yeah, we were. Next time. And don't worry, I tried them all. Yeah. And I wasn't there. God, good God, the Jansen brothers. So. It's a, a two for one deal. I can't. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to lock on you because the camera's showing on me for some reason. The voice is too quiet. Yeah, but Ryan, were you able to try some of the uh, the Sun King stuff that Sean brought back? Yeah. Did you like it? Take that as a maybe. It was all that one a million talk. I'm impressed with the Shaftley New American IPA. Oh, oh, where did you get that? That was what was left on the table, and I was. Took a couple six packs. Snagged it. Nice. And Evan offered more. Yeah. Was it the night of the thousand bottles or something like that? Yeah. So, so, the, so the whole problem with that is, and, and, and a little background for those that are going to watch this in the future or whatnot, is does someone have a, a dog that just freaked out? That's my dog. She is in another room. <laughs> it's I a normal panic room. <laughs> I have two cats and a dog. Leave me alone. I said, hey, to totally fine. I don't like people or kids, but I like dogs. So at, at this Beer Bloggers Conference, there is a night of many bottles where people from all over the U.S. bring the beer to the conference and just share them. And basically the tables are spread out by region. And let's just say we were spending our time all over the U.S. that night, and it was a long night, but it was excellent to try different beers from different even like microbreweries, such as I'm going to throw out Tin Roof from Louisiana, Sean wasn't a big fan, I know that, but they make cans out of Louisiana during the hot summer days out in Baton Rouge. Let me tell you something. Reach for a can of tin roof. Grim, Grim Brothers from Colorado was awesome. Your brothers? Grim. Grim Brothers. Oh. I heard that. I actually heard about them recently that they're doing some good things. I've never had a chance to try anything. Yeah, a guy named uh, Chipper Dave brought it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He came to that beer bloggers conference because of me, actually. He uh, he and I started blogging at the same time, um, and we were both part of the Illuminati back in the day. I don't know how old that makes me. Um, <laughs> we got a thumbs up from Dave. And but uh, he saw how I raised money to go to the last beer, beer bloggers conference, and he did that so he could get to this one. So I was like, dude, Dave. Awesome. Yeah. Get the move the beer bloggers conference to New England next year. Well, so oh, goddamn it. Um, we're, 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 we're they're saying Boston, but so it's, it's between Boston, Boston and Asheville. Is it Nashville, yeah. Asheville? Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. It's so it, it's, right now, it's 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 between those two, and we're trying to talk to Sam Adams and say, you know, you got to put up a couple bucks Sam to. Adams was, Sam Adams, was, you know, was at you know had a decent oh. presence at oh, even yeah. in no freaking Indiana, so. Not gonna name names, but Sam right, Adams. Get on top. Get on top of Sam, the Mass Brewers Guild. Sam Adams and Harpoons throw the money around for those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. but they, they so the, so from what I from what I understood, they weren't too you know interested in, in Harpoon tossing money as much as Sam Adams. But I wanted to say Harpoon's kind of just as big. They have you know they have just more appreciation as you know for craft beer as anyone. New England, good beer. I hey. drank that last time and I didn't like it. Is that Cody? 
Yeah, that's the Cody No Name. Does your smell? Oh, the one that, that smells like plastic. Oh, that's right from last week. Yeah, like it tasted fine, but it smelled like plastic to me. I like the just that's the regular flagship, the flagship, the best. I like their Wheeler's Brown. The other one, wait, I like their co- their carrot cake porter too. I almost opened a bottle of that, but I didn't think my wife would want me to drink that, that right now. Wait, Mike, she can't catch you. She's sitting right next. What? Did you get me a carrot cake porter bottle? I never got it yet. Me? Did you drink them both? <laughs> you just fuck. It's gonna be the worst. It's gonna be the worst Thanksgiving ever. I was waiting to crack it open, turkey dinner. Just. <laughs> Trust me, I know where I can get the hookup. I mean, the Kathy's in uh, Peabody, Danvers. Danvers. Hey, I was shocked. I like. I was shocked at like that beer. I don't like carrot cake. But I was at a. I was at the uh, ACBF, and they had it. So I was like, oh, what the hell? It's a two ounce sample. I was like, damn it! I went back like two more samples right after. It was amazing, and I owe you a bottle set. So. Oh. <laughs> um, I will accept it upon receiving it, but. <laughs> Hey, doesn't bottle that pumpkin stout, does they? Yeah. They do? They do two versions. They do the pumpkin stout and the imperial pumpkin stout. Because I want to bring that to Thanksgiving. I think that Wait, would be who did? Huh? Okay, Pam. Yeah. Pumpkin stout? I work in Gloucester. bottles. We'll be going in, uh, I'll be going down there in two weeks to hang out with Mike at, in, at Cape Band, so I'll be getting growlers. Hopefully if they don't have it on Nitro, but I'll be getting the growlers. Did you ever see that documentary he was in? What's that? Did you ever see that documentary? Uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, American Beer. Yeah, I have that on DVD. I bought that way back when Beer Advocate used to do the festivals with like the little tickets. So you would get like a ticket per beer. Oh yeah. And they were selling it at the festival, and they had a lot to drink in it. From its beginning, like I have no interest. And by the end, it's like, oh shit, I want everything. So, <laughs> I think I bought a book that day. I bought a T-shirt that I never wore, and I bought. <laughs> Jesus. It was early on. I didn't know how to handle the beer festivals. So you what? played that during Forces uh, Beer Week, year number two. Say it again, Sean. That was the mo- that was the feature during Forces Beer Beer Week. Um, oh right. A uh, few years ago. Yep. Yeah. So they 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 played that at the Gaslight in Portsmouth for the for last year's uh, Portsmouth Beer Week. That was a very, was, I thought it was a very fun movie. It was it was it was nice and it, it was it was cool to kind of tie the tie those uh you know things together that you know he after that movie went and took the motivation to go make his own brewery that was pretty. If you cool. ever see it on DVD? You should watch the extras. They actually had some breweries that never included in the movie. Really? Uh, Oma Gang. They had a lot more with Dogfish Head. A lot more with tons of breweries. Yeah, because I mean, the movie itself was like two hours long. It was it was quite a long movie anyway. I mean, yeah, it's ninety-five it, minutes I think, but yeah. Yeah, it was like trying to fit. 40 breweries in 38 days or the other way around? 38 breweries, 40 days, yeah. yeah that's what it was. Right. So, Dave, have you, you you've, you've traveled New England, but ha, what is the brewery that you would like to travel to most that you have not in the world? Oh, geez. Um, probably Dree, Montana. All right. Probably, out of, out of anybody else in the world, probably. I'll take that. And a brewer. What's that? I'm saying as a brewer, you try the beers. Like I, I don't brew. I don't even do home brew because I can't even boil water. And that's actually not a that necessary step, Norm. I know. That's why I don't brew. I just drink, <laughs> a lot. But 
I'm just wondering, as a brewer, when you're tasting a beer, do you like, I could do this? Or, you know what I mean? Like, is it something like, because you have a brewery, you have equipment, do you ever think about something like that? Yeah, I mean, that's... Or are you just, you're drinking, are you just drinking purely for enjoyment? All right, it's, it started out for enjoyment, but there was definitely a point where I was like, all right, this is what I feel is the designation of the style and how I feel the style should be approached. So, I mean, really, you just gotta, the more you taste, the more you can kind of form your opinions and really solidify what you want out of flavor. And then it just comes down to knowing your ingredients and building a good profile. Are there any particular styles you don't want to brew or just for particular reasons that you're not a big fan of? I know, like some people don't brew lagers just because of the time and space yeah, constraint, but I mean, just that you just don't want to brew just because you're not a big fan of the style. Yeah. So without revealing a whole lot too much, uh, I am not huge on rye and pale beer. In a barley wine, I'm okay with it. In stouts and porters, I'm okay with it. But in pale beers, rye just has that kind of cinnamon warming sensation for me that I absolutely can't deal with. Personally, so I'm guessing you weren't a big fan of the. Sierra Nevada Righteous Rye? No, no, it wasn't my favorite. Not Ruthless Rye, but... It's, it's a good beer, it's just it wasn't quite for me. Yeah. Now, Dave, what was your what was your favorite brewery again? The You know, uh, I, you mentioned it, but uh, some people couldn't hear that. So, for visiting uh, Drifontienne, and they do just Lambic production over in Belgium. They're oh. fantastic. Armand de Belder is the head blender mm. out there. Um, I prefer them to Cantillon. A lot of people that are into sour beers usually go to Cantillon. I've always preferred Dree. It's softer, it's more complex, it's just, in my opinion, it's a better beer. You cool. gotta come up to, have you ever been to up to Lion's Pride up in Brunswick? They, ha they have almost, all the time, they have two or three things from Deer Frontier on there. And I love, love, love it. If you, uh, speaking of which, if you all ever want to come up to Portland or Brunswick, please tell me when you're coming, and then I'll take you to cool place. Yeah. I'll just use you for your couch. I'll just use your couch. I don't care. If you hey, know. I got a futon, man. I mean, for once, we got a tasting room that seats 40 plus, so if anybody wants to come down and have a little get together, I mean, we got. <laughs> that I can get into. That's all right. Can we, like, little can we bring our sleeping bags and sleep in the tasting room? Yep, <laughs> out. Sleepover. Just norm. You wake up in the middle of the night. Carla's doing a keg stand by herself. <laughs> no, I have never done a keg stand. I will never do a keg stand. No. Really? Oh, you haven't. No, when I was in college, no, I drank liquor all through college. So I was a vodka straight up kind of a gal. I never had to do any stupid things with beer. I was uh, Captain Morgan's and Coke and uh, Jack Daniels and Coach through college until nope. about whiskey, 24. straight, vodka, straight. Keystone Blackout Box. Sorry. Right. I mean, lived on a budget. <laughs> I hated beer when I was in college. Well, I, I only got into it when I was in my senior year because I uh, knew a bunch of guys who had been military brats in Europe, and they, like, took the beer, like, normal beer out of my hand, and they were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not beer. Try this. And even though I wasn't too big into it until I moved to Dover and then just started trying random beer. And then, yeah, it's all downhill from there. But, no, right. I was a liquor in college. No case then. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up, at least for the online folks. We have a, a large amount. We have two viewers watching, so oh boy. Woo! But, yeah, but this, 
but but this will be stored on on YouTube for you know archives' sake and whatnot. So I'll I'll be posting that up later. But we'll just go right down the line. And do you have any closing comments? I mean, anything you want to say to Dave? You know, thanks for coming, obviously. But uh, if there's anything else you want to say, or even even promote yourself, we'll just go down the line, and then we'll end it for the live audience, and then and then get on to the uh, non-live stuff. Adam, we'll start with Adam. We'll just go right down the line. Oh hey, um, yeah, Dave. Thanks for thanks for coming aboard and telling us a little bit of your couldn't really hear all of it, but it's not your fault. Um, I'm really excited to try your stuff. Um, check out my blog at brewingland.com, Twitter and Untapped and Facebook and all that good stuff. All right, don't don't worry about me. Uh, SecretsBeverageLab.com. Hopefully, gonna be hosting these things every Monday. Uh, you know, as long as I'm available, getting special guests here and there, and having a having a sweet panel just to chat beer and just just geek out and uh, YouTube these things. So um, you'll see more of me later. But uh, Carla. Yeah. So um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I am always happy to hear about new breweries in New England. So yay! Cheers. Can't wait to try your beer. Um, Carla, thebeerbabe.com, so please uh, tweet me, at beerbabe, uh, and uh, keep us in the loop, because uh, we love to talk about good new beer in New England, so cheers. Dave, hit it. Yeah, so uh, thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate the chance to come on and really kind of spread the word about what we're trying to do, and hopefully we'll, we'll end up with a lot of happy customers, but really we're just trying to make the goddamn best beer we can, plain as well. <laughs> That's it. That's all I need. That's the title of the podcast right there. Goddamn best beer we can ever make. <laughs> That's it. Oh, man. Mike? Oh, um, well, uh, like I said earlier, uh, my Twitter handle is at Mo Meredith. And uh, if you guys are ever in Salem, the witch city, let me know. We'll grab a pint, we'll grab a beer, I'll show you all the best spots. So. <laughs> Again, thanks, Dave. And, uh, well, since I'm plugging myself, uh, make sure to look for my book, Beer Lovers New England. Find it on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com, and a lot of bars and a lot of uh, breweries are going to be carrying it. So, nice. Lovers New England. Shiny boy. Thanks uh, here from uh, Northern Mass, uh, and uh, we're glad that you joined with us. And maybe you'll get into Volume Two of Norm's book. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> Well, as is for the live audience, what we'll do and what we'll make a tradition every time is that what you have, if it's empty or not, raise a glass to the, to the live audience and say uh, a toast to everybody and say cheers to craft beer. Cheers to craft beer. And until next time, we'll see you later. <laughs>